Hey Online, great that you joined us. So we've been, uh, as Sam said, doing a Jesus Is series, and I'm actually going to do Jesus Is, because this is actually the season for Jesus. Jesus is King. Yes, He is. He is King. Now, I don't know, like, I kind of, I googled Jesus Is King, and if you do that, don't do it now, though, because that would be rude. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I googled it, and the first five pages of searches were actually about a gentleman uh, that released an album called Jesus is King just recently. And his name is Kanye West. Has anyone heard of him before? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, you've heard of him? Great. Because we're going to like, chat a little bit. Like, I'll have the photo of him just so you can see what he looks like. There he is. Yeah, yep. So you can take it down. So, <laughs> so Kanye West, he... Uh, is an American rapper, if, if you don't know. He's a rapper, he's a music producer, he's a fashion designer, he's outspoken and prone to controversy. He's married also to Kim Kardashian, who is like a reality TV star, like she's uh, like entertainment royalty, really, Kim. Uh, but he's big time in the music industry. He's sold over 100 million records worldwide. He's been awarded 21 Grammy Awards. So he is big time. And yes, like he talks about before his darkest moments, like he uh, was known for erratic behavior. And uh, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. He went on crazy rants. He crashed the stage at a t the 2009 MTV Awards and was hospitalized for a mental breakdown in 2016. So his latest album, it's called Jesus is King. It debuted number one on the Billboard 200. It's his ninth consecutive album to do this. And you know, he's, he, the difference about this album though, it's his first faith-based album. It's a gospel album. And it reflects his recommitment to Christianity and his intention to share the good news of how good, how good God is. So what are we going to do? Like, he, he not only that, he, he started this year, this, it's called a Sunday service, that's what he called it, where he gathered people, and it's mainly songs and singing, it's the odd testimony there, but every Sunday to worship God, he's been doing that. And it's um, now, he just recently, he did a, uh, a Sunday service at Lakewood at Joel Olstein's church. If you haven't heard of him, uh, he's in America and it's a massive church. It seats 17,000 people. They had tickets for 45,000 people, which were free, but they needed to, because they had an overflow room. Those tickets were snapped up in 15 minutes. So it was packed. Over 1 million people tuned in to Facebook Live, big time to watch the Sunday service. And I just want to give you a little bit of a feel of what that's like. This is a little bit different, it's, it, it, but it's with his choir, the choir that he has on the Sunday service. And it's on a um, uh, James Corden, you might have heard of him, it's on his show. So if we can just play that, that'll be great. Thank you. There it is. 
So that's just a little, little touch of what it's like, but it, it's been going off in the Christian world. And I mean, this is something, you know, like, but people have um, uh, criticised him, I guess, a lot, not just in the secular world, but also in the Christian world, thinking like, wow, you know, like, is he really doing this or is this, you know, some sort of thing he's trying to do to make more money or whatever? Do you know what, seriously? What he's doing at the moment, and I watched that Sunday service at Lakewood, is worshipping God. He's lifting Jesus up. He's making Jesus famous. And he's uh, uh, got influence. So, you know, when I first came to Christ, I didn't have it all together. You know, even when I gave my heart to Christ, I did not, like, you know, you could say the same thing about me. Like, oh, what, what was my motive? What am I doing? And it might even be the same with you. But, but let's just let God work on that, which is, which is so good. So it's about not judging him. I mean, in the Bible, there's uh, Apostle Paul. He was in the, he's in the New Testament. He's written, sorry, most of the New Testament, a lot of it. And before he wrote that, though, before he became an apostle, he was actually, uh, his name was Saul, and he hunted down and killed Christians. Whoa. So, so if, if we, you know, if we judged him, we might not have had the rest of the New Testament. Do you, do you understand? So, like, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. So I thought I'd bring that up because it, it just fit in with my message. Like, Jesus is the king. And Kanye is even saying, you know, his biggest moment of change took place in April this year when he asked Jesus to become his king. He shared that he finally feels at peace, at peace in his life, crediting God with the, that indescribable feeling. Now, if you've ever encountered God you've felt that indescribable feeling. Even now, even if you've never felt it now, believe me, today you're going to feel that indescribable feeling. It's a feeling that you can't explain, but you know that it's God, it's Jesus. So he, he, he says, you know, and God transforms life uh, and has brought him closer to his children and family. So he says this, now that I am in service to Christ, my job is to spread the gospel, to let people know that Jesus, what Jesus has done for me, and in that I'm no longer a slave. I'm a son of God now. I'm free through Christ. Today you can be free through Christ. And a little bit later, I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite God into your heart if you don't know him yet. Well, like, let's, let's just pray. We're going to pray for that. If you just close your eyes. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you, Father, for the privilege of sharing your word. And Lord, I pray that your word goes out. It brings light. It brings revelation. It brings light. Father, that as people hear your word, you speak to them exactly where they are. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. amen, amen. Wow. So Jesus is king. And yes, Christmas is coming up. So we're going to talk about Christmas from the Bible. So in Matthew 2, in uh, verse 1 to 2, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So at Christmas time, there wasn't just one king, Jesus the king. There was already another king in existence. His name was Herod, King Herod. Like he's known as uh, 
Herod the Great. I actually think he gave himself that nickname. But anyway, it doesn't matter. That's what he's, he's known as Herod the Great. And what happened, like the Magi, who were from the East, and they were educated, highly educated men, astronomers, like, and, and they saw a star that was never there before. They saw a star that they didn't, it was unexplainable. But they knew that if they followed that star, if they went to where the star was, they would find the newborn king, the king of the Jews. So that, that they actually started off on their journey, even though it was a long way, because they don't know where the star is. They went in the direction of the star, and they set off on their journey to find Jesus. See, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter uh, even if you feel a long way from God. When you start a journey and you find, you know, you start to walk on that journey, you'll find that God is closer than you think. Even now. He's with you even now. He's closer than you think. So, like, so the Magi, they go searching and they arrive to sing King, King Herod. So I said, Herod the Great, he was a great architect and builder. Like when I was in Israel a few months ago, I saw uh, a lot of buildings that he had built. I mean, a lot of them are ruins, but they were built like 2,000 years ago. I've got a photo of one of them. It's in Masada. It's in the desert. Like, there it is there. I know it doesn't look like much there, right? But that was, this is after 2,000 years. Like there are actually ones of what it used to look like. He built on a mount, like on a mountain, a fortress that was impossible, you know, that was impossible to get into. It's near the Dead Sea. It's on a, a large rock plateau. So he built that up there 2,000 years ago. It was finished in 31 BC. I know, it's amazing. So he was, he was smart. He was a smart cookie. But he was very obsessed with wealth, power, and greatness. He wanted to be remembered as the greatest king ever. And he feared the loss of any power. And he destroyed whoever those potential rivals were. That's like playing the game. You know, my, my, uh, my two sons, uh, we were playing a game uh, yesterday. It's called Settlers of Catan. It's like one of my most favorite games. I love it. I love it. But anyway, we're there, but we're all pretty competitive. We are. But just imagine I'm thinking like, whoa, rival Ivan. I shall kill you. No, no, but, but that's what I'm saying. Do you see what I mean? Anyone who's a rival, you think, like, man, I'm getting rid of them. I don't want any rivals. I don't want any competition. Because and that's what Herod was like. He'd been married 10 times. He killed one of his wives because he didn't trust her. Yeah, I don't. And he also executed three of his sons. Whoa. Because he thought that they'd planned to take over. He was that um, insecure. He had a plan because he thought if he died... Nobody in the kingdom would mourn for him. So what he did, he, he made all the nobles of the whole area, and he told them to come, otherwise they'd be executed, come to his palace, and he locked them up. And he told his sister, when I die, kill them. Because, you know, execute them all, because then the whole kingdom will mourn. Even though they weren't mourning for him, they would be mourning. That, I mean, that's just a little bit nutty thinking, isn't it? But you know what? I've, I've had some nutty thinking of my own over time, that's for sure. But, and, and I'm sure if you really think about it, sometimes these things get in your head and you think like, where did that even come from? You know, what, like, how do I get rid of these thoughts? 
you know, a lot of people, like, I mean, I've, I've had definitely, I've got insecurities, things that I'm, I don't feel secure about. So even though he, like, went to the nth degree, we all have things in our lives that we feel like, oh, we don't feel safe about, and we, we want to close off. But we're going to talk a little bit about that later. So, uh, so Herod, like, when the, the Magi go there and they tell him about where is this new king that is born? Imagine how nuts he was going. Crazy, like I'm gonna kill this king. But unfortunately, uh, like he told the Magi, like uh, he, it's in Bethlehem because it was prophesied that Jesus the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Uh, at the time, it was census time. That's why Jesus was there. Mary and Joseph, they were in Nazareth and Mary was pregnant. But at that time, it was a census. So every person, it was mandatory, had to return to where their family was from. That would be like me. I'd have to go back to Kaurau in New Zealand. Like, Joy, where were you born? Oh, Joy would have to travel on his donkey all the way to Nambour. <laughs> Isn't it great to see Joy, actually? Come on, Joy. Stand up, Joy. Turn around. Say hello to everybody. Joy is, is part of our Melbourne East our location, so it's, he's on holiday here, so it's great to see him. Make sure you go and say hi to Joy, he's amazing, he's awesome. So, so Sam, where were you born? Oh, geez, Brisbane. Who was born far away? Oh, here we go, Christine. Orange. Okay, that's like that's a long donkey ride right there. So, so just you're getting the picture of it. It was census time, and every person. Didn't matter who you were, you had to return it. And that's the reason that Jesus was actually born in Bethlehem. And I talked about, you know, it was prophesied. There were there was the books written. It had over 300 prophecies. And those 300 prophecies were fulfilled by one person, and that was Jesus. I know, it's nuts. It just makes my head spin. 300 prophecies, and 29 of them he did in one day. It, it was prophesied where he was born, uh, how he would die, that he was born of a virgin. So many things. There's so many things, but that fulfilled the per- And I used to think like, oh, well, you know, sometimes you can think he might have got a hold of the Old Testament and thought, you know, all these prophecies about me, I'm going to make sure they happen. But the thing is, you know, if he wasn't born in Bethlehem, like it's like too late, you didn't make it. So, so that, that's what I mean, these prophecies. So Jesus was born yeah, in a manger. He came as a baby, the most humblest form. He was a baby. Came as a- So where we had... Uh, Herod, who was just very worried about everything, deeply troubled, definitely. But in Matthew 2.16, it says, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem. That's crazy. That were, that were under the age of two, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. So when the because he, he, he sent the Magi to Bethlehem, but he wanted them to come back to tell him so that he could go and kill Jesus. But they didn't come back because they heard from an, an angel themselves so not to go back. So that's when he went berserk and had every boy under the age of two. Like, that is devastating. Devastating. So... Some, isn't it funny, sometimes you, you see a person and they look gr- gr- great on the outside. They look like they've got it all happening. But actually on the inside, 
is not, they're not so happy. And I'm sure we've all had times like that. So yeah, Jesus was a baby. He was born uh, in a manger. And then in Matthew 2, 10, 11, it says, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. If you were at the Christmas service last week, you would have heard Pastor John speak about these. They are actually represent certain things. Like So the Magi gave gifts. Gold represents like Jesus was the king. It represented kingship. Frankincense was used to connect priests to God. Jesus would be the connection to God. So that's a frankincense. And myrrh uh, represents tragedy and loss. Like it's used for embalming the dead. See, Jesus was born to die, to take away our sin. You know, there's a lot of people that here that uh, may have had a great year this year, but I'm sure there's people here as well that did not have such a great year and are kind of happy to see it go. But you see, when you bring what's broken and you give it to Jesus, he can help you. When you bring your pain, he can give you hope. When you bring your your grief, he can give you joy. When, When you give him your burdens, he can make them light. So this is what, yes, it's giving and receiving, but God wants you to give things. Give those things to him. All right, so God's able to take the mess of our past and turn it into a message. He's able to take the trials and tests and turn them into a testimony. I know I've got many testimonies myself of what God's done in in my life in so many areas, with my family, with my finances, with my life in general, really. But I've found that how you can make Jesus your king, you know, I've just got one, uh, one point, I suppose, and that is to surrender. Like, you know, if you want to change your life, if you want forgiveness, peace, and joy that you've never experienced before, surrender to God and let Jesus be the king of your life. God has a plan for every life here, every person, not just the person sitting next to you, not just the person behind you, for you. It says that in the Bible. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. Every person, God has a plan for you, just you. So, uh, you know, he, he doesn't condemn us. He, he wants to bless us. He loves us. And I thought it was very hard for me to surrender. I'm not that kind of person back then. Like, I was a real control freak. So, man, talk about surrender. That ain't happening. So, and, so it was a journey, I would say. And I remember some things were quite hard for me, and it's been a continual journey over the years. But one thing happened that, um, like, God, it's like God, I heard from God to take a year off work. Like, there's no way I wanted to do that. Not only was it going to hurt me financially, but I was a little bit of a workaholic, you know, that control thing happening. So I, I thought, like, nah, I'm not doing that. Really not. And then uh, I really heard clearly again. I prayed about it, got a scripture saying, like, take the year off. But I'm thinking, like, how, 
you know, I don't get it. How am I going to like look after my family? And I really felt God say, the reason I want you to take a year off is because I want you to spend time with your sons. They were teenagers at the time. We were having a little bit of biffo. Just one of them, not Ivan. <laughs> just, a, my, just my other son. No, no. But no, we were just having a few disagreements. And, I, and I, it was like God put it in my heart, I need you to spend time with them now. I am so grateful for that time. I mean, I did. Like, eventually I thought, you know what? We can say that things are important to us. We can say that our family's important. We can say that our kids are important. We can say that all all these things are important, but what shows that they're important is when we actually do something about it. It's it's not worth saying, you know, I care so much about my family, but then when God talks to you, you do nothing. It's not worth it when God, you know, like you say like, oh yeah, I care about my finances and God says, make sure you tithe and give and you don't. That's what surrendering it is. It's giving it over to God. So yes, I took the year off and God blessed me. Not only did I pay for everything, uh, I actually did it through share trading, but I paid for all my financial commitments, but went on a couple of holidays, went on a mission trip to Thailand with the boys, went to New Zealand to hang out with the cuzzy bros. Like, so God takes care of you when you obey him when you surrender your life to him, when you give over the things that you want to hold on because you think that your plan is better. I mean, I've had so many better plans. Yeah. So, thank goodness that's in the past. (laughs) So, my main thing is like, surrender to him. Surrender to him. And I have to do this regularly more than daily sometimes because things will pop up and I think, oh, yeah, no. I mean, it still happens now. It's not like I'm trying to be disobedient. I'm not. Because there's always that thing like, I know what I'm doing. This is a much better plan. No, it's normally not. And yes, it's never actually. But, but that, just surrender to him. So I just want you to close your eyes and I'm going to pray for you to surrender. And I want to pray for every person. You might be here today and you... Uh, haven't had a fantastic year. There's been stuff in your life and you're just happy that 2019 is going and we're stepping into a, a new decade. If that's you today and you just want to wash that year off, I just want you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you specifically. Awesome. Lots of hands. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you see every hand and every heart. I thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for each person. And I thank you, Lord, that your plans are good. I thank you, Father, that anything that's held anyone back, Father, will be broken now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that your word will wash over them, that your spirit right now is poured out upon them, Father, that you start to give them ideas of how to move into 2020, that you give directions, that you give jobs. I just see like, Someone who's been looking for a job and has been struggling, I just feel like keep at it. Keep going. Surrender it to God. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for all those. Their health has been not great this year. Father, that you would bless them. Right now, you pour out your healing spirit upon them. Father, your word says, by your stripes, they are healed. In Jesus' name, we call that healing. Release it. 
Release it. All those that are watching online, if you've got your hand raised, thank you, Jesus. Pour out your spirit upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, you can open your eyes. I want to give any person here that doesn't know God an opportunity to know Him. I used to, like I said, uh, I haven't always believed in God. It's been like, I actually gave my heart to God just in the new year, on the 3rd of January, 2003. And I remember it distinctly because it was Christmas time. I went to visit a friend of mine over Christmas and she was raving about this church she was going to. This was my best friend. I'm like, what? We'd been talking about going along to church so that our kids would meet good people. That's what. But she went and she every week was ringing me like, whoa, this is happening, this is happening. I'm thinking like, wow. So I felt encouraged to come and see for myself. And when I came into church, I just felt something different, that indescribable feeling. Something like I'd never felt before. I didn't even know what it was because I just couldn't explain it. But I knew that there was something different in this place and that people had something that I didn't have. You see, yes, I was a little angry control freak beforehand, but I knew that there was something missing in my life. And at the end of when the person was talking, he gave us an opportunity to invite Jesus into our life. And he talked about a God who loved me just the way I was. He talked about a God who could give me a second chance. He talked about a God who could give me a fresh start. A God that accepted me exactly where I was. And you know what? I wanted that. There was so, part of the reason I was so angry and controlling is because I'd done horrible things to people that I hadn't forgiven myself about. And I had unforgiveness in my heart for other people as well. But I felt shame and guilt. It was, it was just, that's what like, made me want to control everything so that no one could hurt me. But what happened? I raised my hand in response to that and he prayed for me. And I felt an overwhelming peace just pour out over me. And my life has never been the same again. I felt the shame over time be washed away. I felt the burden and the guilt of the things I've done be washed away. I, I, you know, it took time for some things for me to forgive. There was such unforgiveness in my heart, but it happened over time because what happened when you give and surrender your heart to God, He comes on the inside of you. He starts to walk alongside you, to guide you, to lift your burdens, to take things off you because He loves you. So if you can just close your eyes, I just want to give you that opportunity because my life has changed forever. Jesus said that in the Bible it says Jesus came that you might have life in abundance and to the full. And I hadn't been living like that. But when I came to meet him, he's brought joy into my life that it doesn't matter what my circumstances are, I know he's with me and that he's loved me, he loves me and he's for me and he loves you and he's for you. So if that's you today, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with God, but today that you know you want one, very soon I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in response and we're going to say a prayer together just from your seat. Or you might be here and uh, at one time you followed God and you want to reconnect him 
to him today. If that's you, very soon I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as well. Or you could have been coming along, but you know that you actually haven't surrendered. You actually haven't given your heart to God. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as well. If you're any one of those three types of people, want to have a relationship with God because you don't have one, want to reconnect to him, or you want to be certain that you're going to heaven right now, I just want you to raise your hand up quickly so I can see it, and we're going to pray together, all together. Thank you. I see your hand in the center there. Who else is here today who wants to have a relationship with God? I can feel hearts beating, and that's what can happen. Sometimes you can think like, is she talking to me? God's talking to you. He loves you. He wants to guide you. He wants to come into your life. He wants to take that pain and give you hope. He wants to take your grief and give you joy. But he also wants to set you on your plan and see you blessed and favoured. Who else is there today that wants to join this young lady in the centre? Just quickly pop your hand up so I can see. still feel like there's a heart beating. That's you. If that's you, just raise your hand quickly and we're going to say a prayer to invite God, to invite Jesus into your life, to make him king of your life. One more time. Just looking quickly. Don't miss this opportunity. Same with online. If that's you, just put your hand up wherever you are. We're going to say that prayer together. Okay, let's pray. You repeat after me, especially uh, you who raised your hand. Just say it straight from your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I invite you into my heart. Thank you that you love me, that you died on a cross for me and my sin. I'm turning to you. Cleanse me. I renounce the devil and all his ways. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Show me how to live. I thank you that today I am forgiven. I am set free and I'm going to heaven. Amen. I'm just going to pray for this young lady. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you saw her response. I thank you, Lord, that right now you're opening her heart. I see like a flower, like just starting to open, starting to blossom. There's great things around you. I see that. I just thank you, Father, for your favor, your blessing upon her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. I'm going to hand over to Jeremy.